Welcome back to Expert Instruction, the Teach by Design podcast, where we dive deeper into the research surrounding student behavior by talking with the people implementing these practices, where they work, and with the students they support. I'm Megan Cave. And I'm Danielle Triplett. Everyone say hello, Danielle. Today is her first official podcast as co-host, and today is a good one. Today, we get to talk about conferences. Joining us are three folks who know a lot about these events, Dr. Jessica Swain-Bradway, Kelly Perales, and Dr. Stephanie Martinez. All three of these women each help organize three of our favorite PBIS conferences, the Northwest PBIS Conference, the National PBIS Leadership Forum, and the Association on Positive Behavior Support Conference. As part of our ongoing year-long series exploring the foundational features of the PBIS framework, we've come to the part about professional development. We know you use conferences as one format for professional development. And we also know lecture style sessions require more accountability to truly embed what you learned into your teaching practices and scaling up school-wide systems. So we wanted to talk with Jessica Kelly and Stephanie about how we can all leverage our conference time to set us up for longer term professional development that has a lasting impact. The three of them came prepared with tons of tips on how to make the most of your conference season. Specifically, they really showcased how a conference is a one-stop shop for easy access to researchers, practitioners, and colleagues who have found incredible ways to make PBIS work and thrive in their context. When we're lucky enough to find ourselves in attendance, that's our opportunity to network, collect resources, ask questions, and truly fill our buckets so that we can take that energy back, build momentum at home, and really extend the life of our conference time. Yes. All right. I think that's probably enough from us. Let's hear from the experts. Okay. Well, Jessica, Stephanie, Kelly, thanks so much for joining us today on our episode. Thank you for having us, Megan. Yeah. Thanks, thanks yeah. for organizing this. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Um, it's not every every episode we get to have three guests, um, but we're so glad that you all could join us to talk to us today about conferences and how um, we were just talking about how educators often use conferences as a way to get professional development, and I. I was just thinking on, you know, when we talk about what is high quality professional development, so much of that conversation is about how you can take the information back and it's an ongoing thing. And conferences really are like this sort of lecture style, one day, two day, maybe three day event, and then you're done. Right. And so we're, we're just glad to have you guys as conference organizers yourself and conference attendees to to share a little bit about how we can leverage conference events as professional development in a way that's maybe a little bit more, it's just a little deeper of an experience than maybe what people are used to. So maybe we'll just start by, um, what is it that you guys love about conferences? Maybe as organizers and also as people who uh, who go to conferences sometimes, like what what is it about conferences that makes them so special? Uh, Stephanie, do you want to share a little bit? Sure. Thanks, Megan. Um, I help with the International APBS Conference with the organization of that through the Training and Education Committee. And I think um, personally, what I like about attending a conference is the opportunity to expand my own knowledge, um, get to see 
people who I've read their work before, or I've seen them on a webinar before, Mm -hmm. which is kind of really cool to get that connection in place. Um, But I also get the opportunity to see different topics that maybe I wouldn't have explored in the past um, that are presented at some of these. And the other thing I like is just the breadth of some of them. You can pick different strands. So like at the International IPDS conference, I could go to a strand on home and community. And in the next section, I could go to something about tier two. And then the next one, I right. can do something on classroom. But the other thing that I really like about the conferences is that there are sometimes additional workshops that some of them offer. So in addition to going to the way you talked about the sessions is sometimes you can go to like a three or a four hour workshop and it is an additional fee, but you get some of those skills that you can go back and take in your setting when you leave that workshop. And something we're doing new um, at the APBS conference next year is what we call mini skills. So that's within the conference and those are longer sessions, but you'll get to practice a specific skill that you can go back and take to your setting. Cool. That sounds cool. So that's not, it's not a separate workshop you're talking about. These are no, just longer sessions. That just longer sessions. So there are two that's hour combined sessions. So yeah, we're really excited about offering that as, a, as something new next year. That's a really I also thing. like the opportunity to try a new city. <laughs> yes. The sightseeing of it all. Yeah, yeah, all. yeah. So our Northwest Conference pops between Tacoma and Portland and we'll be in Spokane in a few years. And it's, it's really nice. One, to celebrate with all of these regional uh, educators and administrators. I think my favorite part is to celebrate with people and hear the good work going on. Because mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of us are really focused on problem solving and preventing problems. And then you get in the space and you're reminded of the amazing work that goes on. Um, and it's it's really uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And, that, and I appreciate the the difference of the venues, you know, getting out and meeting folks and and having other restaurants. <laughs> I was going to say is to me, conferences are bucket fillers. The people yeah. are there, they get energized. It's yeah. yes, the content and the networking and the food or the play, you know, the location, it's all the things. And, yeah. you know, we just, we're coming off of our national leadership forum for PBIS last week. And even though our team hosts it, and so therefore you're somewhat exhausted. It's still really energizing at the same time. That's I'm looking at Jessica. I'm laughing really hard because somewhat doesn't even describe it. Um, yeah, what, I, well. what I wanted to, to say <laughs> is to add on to what Megan said, which really got me thinking is not only do you have this kind of foundation, but one of the things I really love, and I think the forum does this really well, is you get to meet people who are taking what you know and running with it. So mm-hmm. the imagination that's applied to implementation and research, um, I think that's one of the things that when you go to APBS, you get to experience, when you go to Northwest, you get to experience is folks have the foundations really well. And there are some really fearless leaders in the field right now. And to learn the and see mm-hmm. the new perspectives is pretty astounding. It's definitely mm-hmm. bucket filler is a great way to put it, Kelly. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I was just at the forum last week and we do a roundtable discussion on high schools. And I've been Mm -hmm. doing that um, with Patty and Amy for a couple of years. And it's amazing to see the growth of interest in an area, too. We would maybe get five people in a room to want to (laughs) discuss high school implementation. And I think we counted like 95 people this past time. And it was great because it was it was all 
a group discussion and it was wonderful. We had people laughing and high-fiving and sharing and dialoguing. And it was truly networking and high schools getting to talk to high school. So it was Kelly, yeah, that was a definitely a bucket filler for us to mm-hmm. see that growth. Mm-hmm. I love that opportunity. So let's talk about what are some of your favorite conferences you've attended. I know we we know about the Northwest PBIS Conference, APBS, and the Forum, but are there others you guys would like to highlight of some of the conferences you've attended and what makes them stand out? It could be related to PBIS, behavior, education. I'm, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Society for Prevention Research, SPR. Mm-hmm. It is... Um, it is PBIS, but it's not necessarily PBIS. It's not a PBIS conference, but the research that goes on, epidemiologists, prevention scientists, it is uh, really gets my neurons firing. I, I love thinking about it and learning about it. And um, I always appreciate when I see folks in our field taking research and learnings from other areas and oh, saying, how do we replicate that? Yeah, so it's it's great. And there are some amazing researchers that get I get kind of geeky about it but that's one of my my favorite that's not represented by people right here on nice. this podcast right now that's love one of my that. favorite to attend it's a good one awesome love that. Stephanie what about you what do you love um there's two that I really like one is council for exceptional children um, my background is special ed so I still like to keep in that area of special ed um I like it too because there's so many different strands and different topics within special ed so I love it for that reason, but it's also very large. So it can sometimes be a little overwhelming. I remember mm-hmm. going as a grad student the first time and and like, what do I pick? Where do I go? How do I do this? And feeling overwhelmed. So the uh, Council uh, for Exceptional Children has a, a BD conference over in Arizona every year. And I like that one because it's smaller. And I like the more intimate sessions. You can talk to the presenters. They have social activities going on. So I kind of like both for for different reasons. One's really large. You got a breadth of things. And then the other is really super focused and it's smaller and you get that more intimate setting. Nice. Kelly? Uh, Probably no surprise to folks here. For me, it's the National Center for School Mental Health Conference Mm -hmm. and also the Southeastern School Behavioral Health Conference, which is more regional. However, both of those uh, promote opportunities for alignment and integration and bringing together educators and community behavioral health providers to really think about how we uh, work efficiently and uh, coalesce together around supporting family school community partnerships. And both of those events also Uh, there are other meetings that occur. Like we know these groups of folks are coming together. And so in addition to content, you know, it's like the community of practice idea of let's get people in a room and think about how do we keep this work going outside of these learning opportunities. Danielle and I were just talking about such a community yesterday. Literally (laughs) in the office yesterday. Yep. And how those kinds of sessions and groups and conversations can really be so effective um, as an embedded part of conference attendance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So let's, we, we kind of can assume that we know when we go to these conferences, like we can take notes. We, we, we were students, we're in education. We kind of <laughs> do that part, but what are the other ways we engage in conferences, right? Like, are there things you encourage attendees to do at the conferences you go to, or when you're on the other side and you're attending things that you do to really engage and, and learn as much as you can while you're there? Mm-hmm. You want to maybe Jessica, you want to start with that one? Sure. Sure. I I always encourage folks to establish um time to meet as a team. So first of all, go as a team, put the brains together. And then um if the conference has team time embedded, great. Um, if they don't, then figure out how to get it in there. Maybe it's lunchtime, maybe it's um happy hour or dinner where you're you're talking. Um I think that is really critical. Um, and I also I also like for folks to track down, uh, like Stephanie said, track down that that speaker, that person that you've you heard at that you know session or that you read about, um, and and say thank you. Um, exchange information. I think making those connections is really important. My my brain is typically pretty full um, when oh, I right. <laughs> when I get through a conference, so. So when I, so I try to think about how much can I engage while I'm there and then what do I do when I leave? Um, so that way I can kind of keep it going, but my brain gets, uh, really happy and full at those events when I get to learn from so many great educators. I just yeah. came back from a, um, a conference, a professional development event that I went to as a conference and, um, the number of sessions that I got to go to was astounding. And so they were like 45 minutes and it was two days. And so it was like, we were going from eight to five, like it was a lot. Right. And so I found myself having this like page in my notebook or on my laptop, whichever was accessible to me at the time, uh, where I was just writing down like questions to take back to the group or what like key thing that I want to tell Robin when I get come back or check in with so-and-so about this thing so that it was like, I don't have to remember it after I've written it down. My page will, my paper will tell me, you know, but it was, it does, it gets so overwhelming. Your brain gets loaded up that you just, and you're taking all these notes. It was nice to be able to come home and have this one page where I could go, I have seven things that I need to talk to people about when I come home. <laughs> Make your rest full fill in later. Yeah. Yeah. So Megan, can I build off of what you and both Jessica said? Um, yeah, of course. When, when we come as a team and one of the recommendations I say, you know, it's fun to sit with your friends and your coworkers in a session, but there's so many different ones we divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. So we don't have everybody going to the same thing because we want to learn from each other. So the first thing is, as a team suggests, like Jessica said, you know, the team goes and then divide and kind of conquer. And then going back to what you just said, Megan, is when we come back from that is having a time to debrief so that we can say, OK, I went to this session on mental health and these are like two or three things that really stood out to me. Mm -hmm. um, and this is what I think we can do now as a result mm -hmm. of it, because then it just stays with you. So that's one thing. The other big thing is um, even though that they may have the PowerPoint and stuff online, if there's something I really want to remember, I'll take a picture of it 
And then I'll text it. I'll Mm -hmm. text it to myself. I'll text it to like my coworker. Hey, I'm at this session. I did this at the forum. Hey, I'm at this session. There's this great infographic about tier two. I think we could use it in this such a way. And so we had a dialogue back and forth. Sometimes I'll email. But then the third thing is I always tell myself when I leave a conference, I want two things I'm going to do differently when I go back. Mm, I like that. So what are two things I can do differently when I go back to my job? Um, and that will apply to what I'm currently doing. So those are kind of three things that I would recommend. Ellie, what do you have? I, I mean, I certainly think that all of the great things you have said are true, uh, whether that's about the forum where we, again, instruct teams to come together, divide yes. up, bring back, create an action plan. Our team at Midwest, we practice what we teach. You know, when we go to APBS, we do the same thing. We we split up, um, we come back together, we de- debrief about our learnings, and then it's that those action steps, right? Um, that's that part about making sure that it's not just a uh, we went and learned something that week, the other month, and now we're moving on to the next thing. You know, that we're trying to um, use it to inform uh, how we operate moving forward. We're working so hard as educators. Educators are really, you know, it. It's we're just finishing up October, so I don't even have words for how hard it's been for some of our educators. So that's right. When folks can sneak away, if you have a break in a session and you can just go rest and put your feet up. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, a Northwest conference in Tacoma was during Ramadan. And so we created a prayer room. We had takeaway foods for our Muslim colleagues, just the little things to actually take care of themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we try to remind people to do that. Um, we even have yeah. wellness expectations, a la Susan Barrett, um, to remind people that this is a place to learn, but you're also away from being in charge of all those little humans at this moment. And so can you take that walk with a group of folks? You know, I love it when I go to a conference and there's a yoga class or a whatever other exercises exist. I either swim or do yoga. I don't know about the other ones, but Mm -hmm. just taking time on purpose to do that. And when a conference creates that, that's even better. Um, Yeah. That's, that's really something. Definitely. Because I think you said this, Kelly, about, you know, the the conference staff being tired at the end. And then Megan, you said your brain just overwhelmed. (laughs) I think people don't realize that sometimes being stuck in a conference center or a convention center and these windowless rooms for two or three days and hearing all this stuff and not used to being sitting for such a long period of time, it can get to you. So I say, give yourself some grace. Like my big thing is just to go walk outside, find a terrace somewhere, go outside and get some fresh air, walk around, Mm -hmm. Um, take that break if you need it. Um, Because it is a lot thrown at you in such a short time. I think you said, there are 45 minute sessions from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's okay to skip one if you need that break for yourself. It's such a good point. I was saying, you know, there are times where unless you do it on purpose, you might not step outside of the, the building at all. At, at, yes. Because, like for days. Right. Right. <laughs> because it's because what do we do? Oh, after the sessions, then come to the posters or come to this networking session or you just and all of a sudden it's like does anyone know what the weather's like right. this week <laughs> so you're right Stephanie it, it you have to we all have to kind of think to ourselves what do I need to do uh for my own wellness and and when conferences can build in that space and time it really does 
help remind us of those things. I agree. That reminds me too, Megan, as we were getting ready for this, we talked about like, what do we do? How do, how do we navigate conferences? And I had, you know, years ago as a sort of a newer educator, I, I had this impression, like I go to a conference, they're paying for it. So I need to go to every session. And it's like, it's actually okay if there's one that's not really calling my name or whatever during that you know, session number three to skip it, to use that time to do something else, whether that's to take a walk and get fresh air or connect with a colleague or whatever, like take a nap. permission. You don't have, just because <laughs> everything's offered, you don't have to do it. For eight that's different. right. And to, I, you know, I know as a presenter, I will see people who excuse themselves midway through the session. And that is also okay. It is okay yeah. to be there and to, you know, we're adults and to say, if this isn't working for me, if I'm not getting the information I need, that I can gracefully exit. And, you know, I think it's important to like remind people or to tell them <laughs> gracefully <laughs> exit. I'm just having this vision of you like standing up and being like, bye, <laughs> like, <laughs> running out the door. Like, <laughs> I mean, knocking grace, people over as she runs. Not my style. Nope. <laughs> gracefully, gracefully. And that's what, you know, Danielle, I was going to say that too. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because, you know, people think, well, I'm going to offend the presenter. Yes. And you you don't. People are used to it. They realize maybe it's the content. Maybe they got a phone call from their child's school. They got to go take real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's okay. I mean, there's plenty of times where I've gone into a session. I was like, oh, in my head, when I read the description, I thought they were talking about this. Mm -hmm. Or I thought it was more of a practitioner session. And then I realized it was a research study. Well, I'm not Mm -hmm. really a researcher at the time. Mm -hmm. Didn't really it's okay to go find something that yes. is going to be better to meet your needs. And I, and I was talking to people about that last year at the APBS conference um, before it started at the registration. And they were saying, well, what if I don't like a session? I said, it's okay. You can go find a different one. And they're like, really? That's allowed. I was like, yeah, that's, that's allowed. You can do it. And they were like, I'm not going to offend anybody. And I said, no, it's okay. So yeah. just letting people know that it's okay. It is. It is. So I guess the one of the biggest things that we there are two things um, that we really wanted to um, make sure to talk about today, um, also related to this. Um, one is that we're, the reason that we're talking about um, professional development at all this month is because we've been going through um, the items within the framework, the the key components of the PBIS framework, and like what does it mean to be implementing PBIS? And it turns out that there is a component related to professional development, and so um, because it's part of the framework, uh, and equity is always um, built into everything that we do. I wanted to check in with you guys to see how it is that equity plays itself out in this professional development space. What are the ways that you see when you think about equity and professional development and the events that you run or the events that you attend and how it fits within the framework? How does it, how does that, how do those two things go together? Mm, That's a great question, Megan. And I'm glad that folks can't see me putting chat and amusing myself in the chat pod as we talk. Um, the one of the things that we do as an organize as a group that organizes is that we're working really, really hard to boost representation uh, for our BIPOC educators in particular. We have uh, board um, membership goals. We have I have a board of directors, as well as participant goals to better, more closely reflect the demographics of the students that we serve in our region. 
And so one of the things that we've done very concretely is we offer uh, travel scholarships for speakers of color. Um, for when you submit a proposal for a breakout session, we, your thank you is a free registration, but we take it further for speakers that submit, um, that get accepted if they identify from the BIPOC community, they we cover their hotel cost. Um, we're putting our money where our mouth is that we want to support uh, representation and education. So that's that's a big one uh, for us. Mm -hmm. um, we also work really hard on accessibility. Um, is the internet powerful enough to actually have closed captioning running while people present? What is the accessibility in terms of how far away is the parking garage? And do they have ways to support people that need different mobility supports? So we really kind of come at, um, before we even get to the content, we come at the experience from how do we as an organizer support folks to access and learn from the conference? Um, and one of those uh, I gave examples earlier was we had a conference during Ramadan. It was really easy to change our schedule. So there was not a session during prayer times. They're not that long. It was very easy to find halal meals that would be prepared and delivered in ways that, that need to, to, uh, for our Muslim colleagues, those things were very easy and they were not very expensive. Um, and it was just one of those things that we felt like, especially being in Tacoma with a large Muslim population, mm -hmm. it was a small thing that we could do to say we are actually committed to the educators in this region. Um, and we hope that we can be accommodating and not more than accommodating, comfortable, that you mm -hmm. feel like you can show up and, and be part of this community. Mm -hmm. So that's how we approach it from an organizational perspective, just on how we actually nice. run the conference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really just exceptional to hear, Jessica. I feel like you could give a tutorial to other <laughs> groups. Thank you. Thinking about things I'll pay like you that. later. <laughs> uh, you know, for the center with the forum, uh, you know, as we're putting together the content, first yeah. of all, we're thinking about uh, do we have representation in our topics that addresses not only various diverse populations, vulnerable populations, but also are we thinking about urban school districts and rural school districts? Stephanie, you mentioned high school, elementary, um, special ed and regular ed, you know, are we talking to our coaches as well as to our classroom teachers? What about family voice and student voice? You know, we've kind of got all of that in our mind as we're mapping out the various sessions to be sure that we're kind of hitting all the marks in terms of uh, equity in our messages. Mm -hmm. And then from a planning perspective, especially, you know, being funded out of the U.S. Department of Education Office of Special Education Programs, mm -hmm. are we being sure that we're meeting the needs of our participants, similar mm -hmm. to what Jessica was saying? Um, I don't I don't think everyone on here was with us last week. Um, we had um, our day two keynote featured two youth, one of whom his uh, grandfather was with him and only spoke Spanish. We made sure that one of the uh, screens, the closed captioning was in Spanish, you know, so that he could follow along with what everybody was saying that day. Um, and by the way, that was recorded. If you get a chance to watch it, 
it was, of course, I'm getting like chills right now. Just it was awesome. Uh, I wish we would have had more time <laughs> for them to talk. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I think, Megan, your point about how do we center equity in the work we do around professional development is well taken. And you have to be very intentional about yeah. it in planning um, for conferences. Yeah. I was going to say, Kelly, yeah, I was going to say that was an amazing session with Diego and Brendan. And then we actually were able to get Diego to do a second presentation with us. We didn't record that one, but um, if you do get a chance, people here to go watch it, it was amazing. Um, but one of the things that's a little bit different about the International APBS Conference is it's not just about education. It's about the lifespan. So from little bitties all the way to grown adults and not just schools, but um, communities and agencies, mm. um, but also early childhood. So one of the things that we do is because the organization is fo focused on all those is making sure that there is sessions across all those different areas um, and equality in number of sessions. So trying to make sure that there are kind of equal numbers across the different mm. domains. Right. But because it's international, we do have international board members and we get feedback on them on how to include our international um, attendees. So one of the things we're working on different for this year based on their feedback is some guidelines for presenters above and beyond just accessibility, but also how to include our international people. So um Things like when you're talking and you're doing your presentation, if you are talking about and you say middle school, you might need to explain middle school is typically grades six to eight students about the ages mm -hmm. of 12 mm -hmm. to 14, because some some of our international um, countries don't have middle school. It's just secondary or college right. is what they call it. So coming up with some guidelines just to make sure that we are inclusive of that. And then another kind of structural type thing that we've been talking about is just making sure that we're, because we do rotate between cities, that it's easy for people to get into. And when we're talking about cost, it's easier to fly into a big city that has a big international airport than somewhere where you're going to have to fly to a big city and then take like a, a regional airplane to a smaller city. So really considering that for future planning to make sure that we have the ability for the international people to easily get to um, the conference. Love that. When you think about, um, we're coming to the end of our conversation and uh, something that we like to end with, when, with all of our guests is sort of the now what. So at this point, let's say that people listening to this have some kind of conference um, or a conference style event that's in their professional development calendar this year. What would you say, what is like a recommendation or two that you would have for them on how they can turn an event like that, where it's a lecture style or a one and done kind of um, activity into something that's um, that can can live outside of that um, that one attendance, um, something that they can take back with them to their school and kind of get people energized and implementing some of these practices. What would you say, what would you recommend people do? Stephanie, do you want to start? You got a recommendation for us? Sure. I kind of have two. So I know some school districts require teachers to do a professional development plan every year. So if you make that part of your professional development plan and you outline as a result of going to Northwest or the forum, um, this is what I'm going to do, then it kind of does hold you a little bit accountable for it. Um, but then the other thing I say is if we're talking about PBIS here, 
taking those things back to your PBIS team, whether it's a district team, a state team, or a school team, and say, okay, based on this, these conferences, what I went to, what Jessica went to, Danielle went to, these are the three things we're going to implement as a result of the conference, and make yourself accountable for it. And I think those are the things that I would do post-conference yeah. to make sure that I really do what I said I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that accountability can really be helpful in that. I love that, Stephanie. Kelly, did you have more to add? Yeah, I mean, I think this goes back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, that piece about having an action plan and, mm -hmm. and making, you know, your experience team-based. And, you know, to me, it's also taking advantage of all of the resources and tools that are available. You know, if you go to pbis.org, you can find... I tell people this all the way from like a four minute video all the way up to entire volumes of electronic books and it's all free and publicly available. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when people come to conferences, I think it's human nature, especially as, you know, Jessica has been pointing out, it's so stressful right now to be a teacher or an educational leader and people just want to say, tell me what to do. Tell me what to use. What, I feel you know, that. What, and, and and we're trying to say, oh, but here's this process. And, so, you know, it can, that can feel overwhelming, too, when you go back and guess what? Your work waited for you, right? I mean, and, yeah. you know, maybe you had a substitute or something, but mostly your inbox was filling up and all the things. So it's like, what are the few simple resources or tools that you can take from the sessions, from whatever they pointed you to with technology now, right? Follow this link, go to this thing. And that's where teams can really take advantage of all that we have to offer in terms of chunking it out further for themselves in a meaningful way that, you know, fits in their parameters and time frame. Yeah, that's really helpful, Kelly. Um, I, I love the idea of looking at your action plan, going to certain sessions based on that. I also appreciate it personally, when I go to a conference and there's a workshop available. So you have a, some type of skill building session that you can go to. That's not the 45 or 75 minute, Hey, look what we did, right? The breakout sessions are great for, Hey, here's this tool and this is how it works. Or here's this cool guidebook, you know, or one of the resources, like, for example, that you, you talked about Kelly here, you can use this. This is how we did it. Those skill building workshops, either the day before or the day after, some conferences actually have longer sessions embedded throughout. Gives you an opportunity to really get a little bit deeper. Because uh, even though I host a conference, I tell people conferences are not professional development. A workshop day can be a skill builder, but a conference we're going to celebrate, you're going to see examples, and then you really need to take that back into the scope of the entire year in order for that to have an impact beyond, oh, it was a warm and fuzzy and I got to hug Stephanie and I haven't seen her for a while. It's totally worth it. I love it. I'll take a hug. And if I expect that to have resonating impact, then there has to be a way to incorporate it back into a current action plan, a scope of PD, your personal PD plan, those things that have been mentioned. Jessica, that, I love what you said. And it really reminds me that sometimes in my experience going to conferences, it not only do I learn new things, do I get my bucket filled, but it can also sometimes remind me or affirm some of the things we're doing and say, wow, you know, I'm thinking of wel welcoming students at the door. This is not a brand new practice. Educators have, you know, have been having the opportunity to do that for 
decades, centuries even. But sometimes you go to a conference and you see the research behind it and you're like, that's right. I need to do that every day. I do it occasionally. But what if we all did it every day, including the administrators, including the librarian, the counselor? Like, so sometimes for me, it's also like reminding us to say, wow, how can we strengthen what we're currently doing and increase the fidelity of that? Well, I appreciate you all joining us today, sharing your knowledge, your experience as conference organizers and attendees and educators. Um, all of this information is super helpful. And I think it helps to expand that what that item, uh, what that core component within the PBIS framework actually means in practice. So hopefully everyone listening today will be able to take back some 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 little nugget of something from our conversation today as they go out into their conference event this year. So thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate you all. Thank you, Megan. Thank, Thank you. you, Danielle. Thank Good you, to Megan. see you, Stephanie right. you, and Kelly. Yeah. Good to be with you today. Conversation.